0: section 10 of abe and morris this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org abe and morris being further adventures of potash and Pearlmutter by montague glass section 10 chapter 7 part 1 brothers all what's the use talking morris abe potash protested THE FELLA COULD EVEN TALK TEN WORDS ENGLISH AT ALL. SURE, I KNOW, MORRIS PERLMUTTER ADMITTED, BUT HE WOULD QUICK LEARN. QUICK LEARN, ABE EXCLAIMED. WHAT DO YOU MEAN, QUICK LEARN? NOWADAYS I NEVER SEEN THE LIKE. A greenhorn COMES HERE FROM Ruslin, WHICH he's SUCH AN IGNORAMUS he DON'T EVEN KNOW HIS OWN NAME, UNDERSTAND ME, AND HE EXPECTS RIGHT AWAY TO GET A JOB IN A CLOAK AND SUIT CONCERN UPTOWN, WHERE THEY WOULD LEARN HIM HOW HE SHOULD TALK ENGLISH, AND AT THE SAME TIME PAYING TEN DOLLARS A WEEK. Actually, Morris, them fellows think they're doing you a favor if they ruin ten garments a day on you in exchange for learning em English. Me, when I come over from Williston, I was also so grossartic. I was glad to get a job learning on shirts in a sub and the boss boards me for wages. I got an elegant bill fare, too, I bet you, Morris. Every day for dinner, salt and herring and potatoes, except sundays, as onions extra. And did that fellow learn me English, Morris. "'Osser a I must go to night school to learn English, Morris. "'And I did, Morris, and they learnt me good there, Morris. "'And so this here fella you're talking about, he should do the same.' "'We wouldn't got to learn him English, Abe,' Morris declared. "'The fella's a bright, smart fella, and he could pick it up quick enough.' "'Sure, I know,' Abe rejoined. "'And pick it up a whole lot of other things, too, Morris. "'Silks and velvets and buttons and fella's picks up.' "'Not this fella, Abe.' morris said he's from a decent respectable people in the old country he's studying for a doctor already when he comes over here but he gets into trouble on account he belongs to a politics society over there so he's gotta run away the fella's a bright fella abe i know them bright fellas morris sit up till all hours of the night in canal street coffee houses killing off grand dukes grand dukes has got to make a living the same like anybody else morris and anyhow, Morris, when a fella comes over here from Russell and Morris, he ain't got no business bothering his head about Grand Dukes. The way things is nowadays in the cloak and suit trade, Morris, a fella's got all he could attend to holding on to his job. Morris shrugged. Let's give the feller a show anyhow, Abe, he rejoined. And if he don't soon make good, we could quick fire him, you understand? That's what you said about that fella, Harkavy which we give him a job in our cutting-room, Morris. All the time he works for us acts so dumb like a ten-year-old child, and as soon as we fire him, Morris, he goes to work by Kleiman and Ellenbogen, and turns out a couple of styles, which the least them highwayman makes out of him is five thousand dollars." "'How should I know what Harkavy could do with Kleiman and Ellenbogen, Abe?' Morris cried. "'You're the prophet of this here concern, Abe. Always you predicting to me tomorrow what's going to happen yesterday.' "'Well, what's for by is for by, Morris,' Abe retorted. "'And if I gotta stand here all day and schmooze with you, Morris, "'go ahead and hire the fella. "'Only one thing I'm saying to you, Morris. "'Don't tell me afterward that I was in favor of the fella from the start, "'cause I ain't.' "'With this ultimatum, Abe glanced toward the cutting room, "'where sat a tall, stooping figure, "'holding in his hands a peaked cap. "'Only to look at the fella gives me a crank, Morris,' Abe continued. "'So if you're going to hire him, Morris, do me the favor and give him a couple of dollars out of the safe "'so you should get a shave and a haircut and a new hat.' "'Morris nodded and started for the cutting room when Abe called him back. "'For my part, Morris, I don't care what people says, you understand?' he declared. "'But if we got a couple of them 34th Street buyers around here "'and they sees our workpeople who's got such shoes which their toes sticking out already, Morris, "'what do they think of us? Am I right or wrong?' "'Sure, I know.' morris said but but nothing morris abe concluded for three dollars we should make suckers out of ourselves don't stand there like a fool morris give the fellow five dollars he should buy himself a pair of shoes and fertig. the transformation begun in caesar kovalenko by a haircut and the shave was made complete when morris accompanied by kovalenko's cousin went with him to a retail clothing establishment there Caesar discarded forever his cap, top-boots, and frogged overcoat, and emerged, but for his vocabulary, a naturalized citizen of the cloak-and-suit trade. "'Now all he's got to do,' Morris said, "'is to work hard, and we would quick be making good wages.' "'Sure, sure,' the cousin replied. At first, maybe he'd be a little dumb on account he got a whole lot of experiences lately. Experiences? Morris asked. What for experiences? Well, in the first place, the cousin proceeded, two years ago he's studying for a doctor in the University of Harkov. And next door to him, one house by the other, lives a fellow and you ain't got nothing to say against him, you understand? Only he goes to work and sends a package to the chief of police, Mr. Perlmutter. When they open the package, you understand inside is something fixed mind you mr perlmutter i wouldn't say nothing if it would be really the chief of police which would open the package but always it's some poor schnorrer which the chief of police calls in from the street this time it was a fellow by the name of levin a decent respectable young fellow his father was a rav the old man is coming over this week you understand mr perlmutter but when the chief of police sends out levin in the back yard he should open the package understand me that's the last anyone sees either from the package or either from levin Morris clicked his tongue sympathetically. And what they done to this fellow which sends the package, he asked. Him? They didn't done nothing, Mr. Promoto, the cousin replied. But Caesar here, they put it all on him. First they're making him arrested, and then the police pretty near killin' him, and the Cossacks take him from Kharkov to Odessa, he should get tried, and then they pretty near kill him there, and if it wouldn't be that we're sending over to give a judge there a couple of thousand rubles, they would right away shoot him. Anyhow, Mister Perlmutter, one year my cousin sits in prison there, and then we're sending over a couple of thousand rubles more, which give him the fella what runs the prison, and so my cousin sneaks out of there and he comes over here to this country. Morris gazed at the neatly clad figure who walked quietly along beside him. You wouldn't think it to look at him, he said, but anyhow, I do my best to see he gets a good show, and he would quick learn, I bet you. By this time they had reached Potash and Perlmutter's premises, and the cousin shook hands warmly with Morris. "'You got a good heart, Mr. Perlmutter,' he declared fervently. "'And you wouldn't lose money supposing you did pay him eight dollars a week to start.' Morris paused before passing indoors. "'Listen here to me,' he said. "'Maybe I got a good heart. Maybe I ain't.' your cousin starts on five dollars a week understand me and if he gets six dollars inside of a month he would gotta earn it despite this assertion however it was barely three weeks before caesar kovalenko was earning and receiving eight dollars a week for never in their business experience had abe and morris employed a more intelligent workman not only did he exhibit great promise as an assistant cutter but he had acquired a knowledge of English sufficient for his needs. If the fella keeps on, Abe, Morris said, we would soon got to give him another raise. He's a wonder. Abe nodded gloomily. He can get all the wonders you want, Morris. To learn cutting at eight dollars a week, he said, and supposing he does pick up English quick, Morris, the fella could be a regular Henry Shakespeare, you understand, and he would be any better a garment cutter on that account. Am I right or wrong? "'Well, certainly it don't do no harm that Kovalenko understands a little English,' Morris commented. "'Sure not,' Abe agreed, satirically. "'Because the quicker he learns English, Morris, the quicker he would copy our styles and find a job with a competitor. "'Take this here, Harkovy, for instance. "'Only this morning I seen Felix Geigerman in the subway, and he says that Kleiman and Bogan is showing at a dollar less on the garment, "'a ringer for our style, 4022, which we sold him, Morris.' Now, who tells him suckers how they could cut down on the buttons and the lining Mars and put one pleat less on the skirt, Mars? I suppose you did, or I did Mars ain't it? He paused for a reply, but none came, and yet Mars he concluded that fellow Harkovie was a one to two, and I suppose Mars that the way he picked up English would be a big consolation to us, Mars, if a good customer like argument leaves us and goes over to climbing in Ellenbogen morris grunted scornfully you're all the time looking for trouble abe he said if we would lose as many customers as you're talking about abe we wouldn't got a decent concern left on our books at all you gotta give geigerman credit for knowing a good garment when he sees it sure i know morris abe replied geigerman knows a good garment when he sees it but his customers don't if geigerman could get it for a dollar less than ours garments would look like ours and is like ours all but the buttons and the pleats and the skirt we could kiss ourselves good-bye with business no matter how many bright green horns we got it in our cutting-room geveg morris exclaimed you don't know what you're talking about abe nevertheless when felix geigerman the well-known harlem dry-goods merchant and violin dilettante entered potash and perlmutter's showroom the next morning Morris greeted him with some misgiving. Hello, Felix, he said. You giving us a repeat order so soon already on them 4022s? Felix shook his head. I got a few words to say to Abe, Morris, he replied. Is he in now? Morris smiled amiably, although he was convinced that Felix's visit boded a cancellation of the 4022s. He ain't in now he answered but if you wait a few minutes he'll be right back he returned hastily to the office for he knew that if abe found them in conversation on his return he would impute the cancellation of the order to something Morris had said thus felix was left alone in the showroom save for caesar kovalenko who plied a feather duster industrially among the sample racks as he worked caesar whistled russian melody half sad half cheerful and felix paused midway in the lighting of his cigar it was the opening theme in the second movement of tchaikovsky's fourth symphony and caesar's rendition of it was not only true to pitch but he managed to introduce certain nuances that to felix proclaimed the born musician what's that you whistling he inquired and Caesar smiled. Tchaikovsky's fourth symphony, he replied, and then he reached around to his hip pocket. See, I got music. He handed a paper-covered miniature score to Geigerman, who opened it at random. Ha! Felix exclaimed as his eye lit on a familiar phrase in the last movement. He hummed it over, and Caesar joined him in a clear musical baritone they were thus engaged when a tall broad-shouldered individual entered the showroom sorry to interrupt you gentlemen he said but is the boss in in the back office there felix replied will you tell him mr gunther would like to see him the newcomer continued i will if you want me to felix said but i am here only a customer "Excuse me mr gunther apologized i was talking about the other fellow however He proceeded to the office and engaged Morris in earnest conversation for several minutes. They returned to the showroom just as Caesar was replacing the score in his hip pocket. The motion was too much for Mr. Gunther, whose occupation made him nervous, and he plunged his hand into his overcoat and brought out a shining metallic object. There was a sharp struggle, and Caesar Kovalenko leaned against the partition with his wrists encircled by a pair of handcuffs. Come along quiet, said Mr. Gunter calmly, or I'll knock your block off. At this juncture the elevator door banged open and Abe came into the showroom. What's the matter here? he cried. Mr. Gunter smiled. I'm a United States Deputy Marshal, he proclaimed and i'm arresting this guy under a warrant duly issued in the southern district of new york i got a taxicab downstairs and if any of you gentlemen is a friend of the prisoner youse can come along to the marshal's office morris darted into the office and reappeared with his hat and coat abe he said you stay here in the store i'll go down with him abe frowned one moment morris he cried I didn't go so quick as all that. First, we will find out what he makes this young fellow arrested for. The deputy marshal nodded. That's all right. You're entitled to know it. He's arrested on the complaint of the Russian consulate for something he did in Russia two years ago. In Russia? Abe exclaimed. Two years ago? Morris, do me a favor. You stay in the store, and I go with him. Felix Geigerman placed his hand on Abe's arm. Say, looky here, Abe he said. I'll tell you the truth. I'm pretty busy today here to cancel them 4022s, but now I don't care at all. You could ship them goods if you want to, Abe. But one thing I ask you is a favor. Let me go with him. I don't care what the other fellow says. I'm just now talking to this here young fella, and if he done anything in Russia, understand me, I would eat it. So you stay here, tend to business, and I'll go with him. Morris drew on his overcoat with force sufficient to rip the sleeve lining. Nathan, the shipping clerk, attend to the store, Abe, he declared, and we'll all go with him. In the first place, Morris, Abe said, after they had returned from the United States Commissioner's Office, where Caesar Kovalenko had been arraigned and committed without bail to the tombs, in the first place, what are we bothering our heads about this young fellow? Of course, when I was down there, Morris, and see the fellow from the Russian council's office, which he's got a face, Morris, hard like iron, you understand? I didn't say nothing, but the way you're going to work a telephone to Henry D. Feldman and everything, Morris, before we get through with him, it would cost us anyhow a couple of hundred dollars. Geigerman said he'd go half, Morris said. Sure, I know, Morris, but just because Geigerman acts like a sucker, Morris, why should we get ourselves into it, too? Furthermore, Morris, how do we know Geigerman would go half? He's that kind of a fellow, Morris, when he says something he don't take it so particular he should stick to it, Morris. One day he gives us an order and the next day he cancels it, Morris, and that's the kind of man he is. He didn't cancel it, Abe, Morris cried. He was going to cancel, but he changed his mind. Sure, he changed his mind, Abe interrupted. "'And what's going to hinder him changing his mind on the other proposition, Morris? "'He could take it from me, Morris, when the time comes he should pay up. "'Understand me? It'll be a case of next visit. "'And don't you forget it.' "'Morris shrugged impatiently. "'No, Abe, hey, what could we do? "'Once in a while we couldn't help ourselves, you understand? "'Should we let this poor greenhorn be sent back to Ruslan? "'And he ain't got a relative in the world, understand me, except his cousin. which he's just as poor as Kovalenko.' "'That's all right, Morris.' Abe declared. I ain't kicking we should help the fellow. All I'm saying is is lots of our people which we got more dollars as we got dimes. Take Moses M. Storyman, for instance. That's a fellow which he's got a big charity fellow, understand? Why shouldn't he help Kovalenko? Well, in the first place, no one tells him about it, Abe, Morris said. And in the second place, but why don't we tell him about it, Morris? Abe interrupted. Why don't you go now to see him, Morris, and tell him all about it? me go down to see him, Abe? Morris cried. Why, the fellow's a multimillionaire with such people like that. I couldn't open my mouth at all. Why don't you go down to see him? Why should I go down? Abe asked. You're the lodge brother here, Morris, ain't it? You're the one with you always sitting up there till all hours of the night making motions. I couldn't make a motion to save my life, Morris. You know it. Sure, I know morris protested but lodge meetings is something else again you know a fella could talk at a lodge meeting and what is it a couple of young lawyers which they couldn't even pay their laundry bills you understand and a dozen other fellas insurance brokers or the cigar dealers and most of them old-timers at that why should i be afraid to say a little something to them but with a fellow like moses m steuermann which is folks as bankers in frankfurt on the main when Carnegie and Vanderbilt, with all them other goyem, was a new beginners yet Abe, that's a different proposition entirely. Abe nodded, and remained silent for a few minutes. Might Felix Geigerman would go down and see him, Morris? He suggested finally. Wouldn't do no harm. We should ring him up anyhow. Go as far as you like, Abe," Morris said, and Abe started immediately for the telephone. I spoke to Felix, Morris he announced a few minutes later, and Felix said he'd go right down and see him. He ain't so stuck up on paying Feldman a couple hundred dollars neither. Morris snorted indignantly. If he's going to be charitable, Abe, he said, why don't you be a sport? We could easy stand a couple hundred dollars. That's all right, Morris, Abe declared. Business is business, and charity is charity, you understand? But even in charity, Morris, it don't do no harm to keep the expenses down. Two hours afterward, Felix Geigerman entered the showroom, his face glistening with perspiration. "'Well, boys,' he almost shouted, "'I seen him, and he says he will call in here on his way uptown.' "'Who would call in?' Morris asked. "'Moses M. Stuyman, Felix replied." It was a Tchaikovsky fourth that fixed him, Morris. I told him the young fellow carries round with him an orchestral score, and right away he says he'd come up. For years I see Mr. Stouman at the Philharmonics in the Boston Symphonies, Morris. I didn't know who he was at all. I always thought he was something to do with music publishing concern. Steumann got something to do with the music publishing concern? Morris exclaimed. I'm surprised to hear you, you should talk that way, Felix well when you see in year in and year out a fellow goes to every concert what is felix explained naturally you get an idea of his in the music business ain't it that's what you think felix abe said taking up the cudgels in defense of steuermann but you can take it from me felix if a fellow like steuermann seemingly fools away his time at concerts understand me he ain't doing it for nothing he probably gets some business out of it Seem like a lot of fellows you would think is making suckers of themselves going to lodge meetings, Felix. Most of them sells many a big bill of goods that way. That ain't here nor there, Abe, Felix rejoined. The point is, Stroyerman would be up here at five o'clock. So, what are you going to tell him when he calls? Me tell him, Abe cried. Why, I wouldn't be here at all. I gotta go, now, see, and now, customer, Prince Clarence. "'You ain't got to do nothing of the kind, Abe,' Morris retorted angrily. "'You're going to stay right here and talk to that fellow when he comes. What do you think? I'm going to be the goat every time.' "'What's the matter, Abe?' Felix asked. "'Are you afraid of the fellow? He couldn't eat you up, Abe.' "'What do you mean, afraid of him?' Abe exclaimed. "'I'm seeing by big merchants every day, Felix. I could talk right up to them, too, but this year my partner's affair. He gave Kovalenko in the first place, and—' What's the use talking, Abe? Morris interrupted. If you go home, I go home. So you gotta stay, and we would both see the fellow. What's the difference, supposing the fellow does got a couple of million dollars? A couple of million dollars? Felix said. Why, I I bet you if the fellow's got a cent, he's worth twenty million dollars. Abe drew pale. Say, looky here. Why should I talk to Mr. Stoyerman? he besought you could do this without me Mars." don't be a baby abe morris retorted felix stay here with us and-not me boys felix said i guess you got to excuse me i done enough already and if you don't get home right away change my underclothes which they're dripping wet with perspiration i could sure catch a bad cold he shook abe and morris warmly by the hand and hardly had the elevator door closed behind him when the showroom became a scene of nervous activity. Nathan, Abe yelled to the shipping clerk, fetch the broom. The place looks like a pigsty here. He turned to Morris with excited gesture. Do me the favor, Mars, he said. Tell a couple of them young fellows from the cutting room to come in here. Them sample racks ain't been straightened up for a week. I'm going around to the barber shop, Mars. I'll be right back. End of chapter 7, part 1. End of section 10.